0: It is time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. Good morning, Vaughn.
1: Good morning, Simi.
0: Okay, so these healthcare stories that were the discussion of the, at the legislature yesterday, I have to tell you, some of them, they, they were just horrific. I, like, I can't stop shaking my head thinking about them.
1: Yeah, I mean, these are real horror stories that are happening to real people as a result of the longer and longer waiting lists in health care, especially, and this is something new in British Columbia, especially for radiology and cancer care. We've long led the country in cancer care. We've had the good stats. And we've seen cancer doctors and radiologists waiting in saying, no, it's coming unraveled. People are waiting longer, longer than they should, longer than is safe. Uh, We've seen the news stories on that, Simi, but what the opposition did, particularly yesterday, is they brought in how that translates into actual horror story experiences. So we heard about a woman who says that her mom, who she's the caregiver for, was diagnosed with cancer and given six months to live. The woman goes to try to get an oncologist to see her mom for treatment and is told she'll have to wait three months. So half of the six months she has left, she'll be on a waiting list. We heard about a nurse, skin cancer. So, you know, she's part of keeping the system going, but she's been waiting eight months for treatment, hasn't gotten it. And the most disturbing one, a family doctor. the story of a family doctor on Salt Spring Island who said... He's had patients that are opting for medically assisted dying because of the intolerable waiting in pain for cancer treatment. So these things, you know, I think Shirley Bond, who brought one of those stories in, said, you know, it's not easy to bring these stories into the legislature. They're disturbing to everyone, heartrending. But the opposition's job to do that, and I agree, it unnerves the government, however, and we saw that yesterday in the frustration of Health Minister Adrian Dix.
0: And and why is that? Why was there that level of frustration? Well, what, was it, like, what was his response? I mean,
1: Dix is the master of statistics, right? He, he, the reason that some people think he'll remain as Health Minister under... Uh, Premier David Eby, is because nobody knows the statistics like Dix does. And so he brings out statistics showing that, you know, MRIs or blah, blah, you, you name it, the New Democrats are doing more than the liberals did. He regards the anecdotal approach as fundamentally unfair. And it's because the health minister, even if he knows the details, cannot comment publicly on an individual case privacy reasons. Looks like he's picking on the patient. It's hard enough for patients to endure this. Now, the liberals know that, but so do the New Democrats. In opposition, Simi, this is exactly what the NDP did. They brought in anecdotes. And You know, we kind of remember this. It happened this fall on the public safety debate. At one point, Murray Rankin, the attorney general, complained that the liberals were just bringing in anecdotes, that the statistics showed the crime rate is dropping. Well, if you're an individual, if you're a person ground up in the system, you don't really care about the statistics. You know you paid taxes all your life. your mom has uh, been given six months to live she 's going to spend three of those months on a waiting list, and you don 't know if there 'll be care at the end of it. Do you really care how many mRI machines the government has bought in the last five years i mean i as a general rule in politics, and governments may think this is unfair simmy. But as a general rule in politics, when you're having a political debate and on one side you've got statistics and on the other side you've got anecdotes and horror stories, the anecdotes usually carry the day with the public. Of course. That, that anecdote problem with the crime statistics, well, the overall statistics are dropping, but frankly, how many cases do you need of a woman pushing a baby carriage, being attacked in broad daylight on the streets, before the public gets afraid to go downtown. I mean, it doesn't take very many anecdotes to unnerve the public and get them thinking the system's just not working.
0: Well, nobody wants to be that person. I think that's why anecdotes are so, like, they hit hard, right, is that you don't want to be that person.
1: So it's tough for the government. Uh, you could see Dix's frustration yesterday. You know, as I said, the, the back bench of the government backs him up, pounds a desk when he says, you know, we've, we've bought however many MRI machines. But I think the liberals, as with the crime statistics, they're onto to something here. Um, these are things that uh, people are actually enduring. And as Bond said yesterday, like, the government's response on any of this has got to be, you go in, you get a cancer diagnosis. That's just chilling and unnerving. You're traumatized by that. When you find out how long it's going to take you to get you know, an X-ray or an MRI or, or treatment or see a cancer doctor and you find out how long that's going to be, uh, you're unnerved a second time. And Dix comes back and says, well, you know, we had the pandemic and there's a shortage of staff. And, I mean, there's all kinds of reasons. It's They're not making up the reasons for this. But at the end of the day, you know, I think people just go, this, enough is enough. This is not good enough. And it's not easy to see how the government's going to get out of this because, Simi, as you know, the, the shortages are real. The shortage of doctors is real. It's going to take a while to train them. It's going to take a while to bring more doctors in from outside. But, you know, Mm -hmm. as again, Shirley Bond said yesterday, um, you've been the government for over five years. Um, Increasingly, you're accountable to the public for what happens. You can only get so far saying, well, it was even worse under the Liberals. Actually, in terms of cancer treatment, it was not worse under the Liberals. Some of our waiting list numbers now are, are worse than they've been in a long time.
0: So that was yesterday in the legislature, which turns out the NDP might be a little happy about it. might be a while before they're back in the legislature.
1: Yeah, so one of the last things the New Democrats did yesterday was they added a week to the fall break in the legislature. So the House wasn't going to sit next week, uh, Remembrance Day. Uh, The House would be off then anyway, and they've added another week. So two-week break in the fall. The Liberals, hmm. They didn't do so well on that one. They grumbled, oh, this is a blow against democracy. Okay, when the Liberals were in government, they didn't even used to have fall sessions. So they really are in no position to complain about that. Uh, They didn't like meeting the House any better than the New Democrats did. So the two-week extension, though, really means, Simi, that when the House comes back at the end of November uh, 21st, I think, it'll be Premier David Eby. So yesterday was the last day that the House sat under Premier John Horgan. The handover is on November the 18th, and when the House comes back the following week, Eby will be premier, uh, not for very long in the legislature. There's only four days left on the fall sitting. Uh, We don't know really how this is going to happen, Simi. Eby is on record as saying he wants to bring in legislation. Well, four days is not much time to get legislation through the House.
0: Yeah, that is a very tight schedule. So if it was the last day as Premier John Horgan in the House, but I understand he wasn't there.
1: Yeah, there was an element of melancholy. So we know Horgan is leaving office because of health problems, and I think there's a lot of sympathy around that issue. He was going to deliver kind of a farewell address in the House yesterday, and I think the opposition leaders would have said something nice about him, but he's on the sick list. I hope it's not serious. But um, they did have a nice send-off for him, Simi, on. On Tuesday night, the Speaker of the Legislature hosted a reception for Horgan and the leaders of the opposition parties. Uh, well, Shirley Bond of the Liberals and Sonia Firstino of the Greens spoke. The Speaker spoke, nice, generous, warm words about Horgan, and Horgan himself spoke. So that kind of is the make-do thing. And as I said, it was a it was a warm occasion. Simi is also rare. You know, Horgan's eight predecessors left office under circumstances that there were not warm hearted receptions. So they they either lost an election, lost their majority, as did Christy Clark, uh, or um, they left under a cloud. So we had premiers resign or forced out by their parties, uh, leaving in scandal or controversy. Uh, We had premiers who lost elections. Uh, the last premier who actually left office on his own terms without losing an election or being clouded by scandal was Bill Bennett, and he was a little like Christy Clark. He wasn't especially fond of Victoria, and he did not have a big celebration and send-off in the provincial capital. So that one, so uh, that Horgan that, that event was really unusual. Uh, it was, it's, it's hard to think back to one to anything like it in modern times in B.C.
0: That is so funny. I was thinking, too, maybe that's why we're, like, about the schedule. The, we feel like it's too long. But it's maybe We've never been through this before, right? No, we've no, never done this before. It's,
1: it's a different, very different situation, and... Uh, <laughs> The liberals on Tuesday night uh, were lining up to get selfies taken with John Horgan, <laughs> and and we're all kind of going, hmm, I wonder that's if that's funny. just because they, they're happy to see him go because <laughs> they figure it can't be harder to beat David Eby, so that maybe they're uh, looking <laughs> forward to that and going, ah, well, <laughs> And, and the darkest joke about it all was, hey, if things go badly for Eby, maybe the liberals will put pictures of themselves with Horgan on their re-election <laughs> <side." laughs> Hey, we were on the guy's side, so I don't know. Well, David That's Eby's going to chart his own way, and uh, you give him a we'll chance, uh, he takes office uh, on the 18th, and when the House resumes on the 21st, it'll be Premier David Eby. <laughs> Horgan's staying for now, by the way, as an MLA, yes. although he's not ruling out semi-retired early from that as well. And that would mean a by-election.
0: All right. Thank you so much for that, Vaughn.
1: Bye-bye, Simi.
0: Vaughn Palmer there from the Vancouver Sun.